This episode is supported by Active Skin Repair. Active Skin Repair is a skin health company helping people heal with natural, non-toxic, medical-grade ingredients. I just randomly... Vinny was having a toe skin irritation issue and he ended up having this like skin that was really irritating him and it was getting kind of like icky and you know like when kids start to get like little scabs and scratches and then they want to pick at it and it was getting worse and so active skin repair showed up on my doorstep as a result of the sponsorship and I got to put it to use immediately and I got the ointment formula or the like ointment formulation and then also the spray and the spray was perfect so Vinny does not like ointmenty creamy lotiony things on his body but I was able to get out the spray literally took it out of the packaging the day it arrived put it on his toe before he went to bed and the next morning he was like mom my toe's all better. It was literally like this super amazing cure that helped his toes so quickly. So you can use active skin repair on a wide range of skin issues, including cuts, scrapes, burns, sunburns, rashes, other types of skin damage. It's totally safe, non-toxic, suitable on all types of skin, even parts of the body where you might have rosacea or eczema or have acne prone skin. This is also safe for the youngest members of your family up to the oldest. So now you have one simple solution for your family's skin health needs. With over 500 thousand happy customers and thousands of five-star reviews and super safe and clean ingredients active skin repair is something that you want to have on hand for your family so to get your own active skin repair go to activeskinrepair.com to learn more about active skin repair and get 20 percent off your order when you use the code shameless that's activeskinrepair.com use the code shameless for 20 percent off your order activeskinrepair.com code shameless This is the Shameless Mom Academy, episode 174 with Maria Alcoke. Show notes for this episode can be found by going to shamelessmom.com and clicking on episode 174. Welcome to the Shameless Mom Academy. I'm your host, Sarah Dean, and I'm here to give you and other passionate, dedicated moms the tools you need to bridge the gap between motherhood and living the life of your dreams. I'm also here to help you be a little more shameless every day, because if you aren't building a life you're extraordinarily proud of, what kind of legacy are you building? So let's dive in. Hey, shameless moms. Before we dive into today's episode, I wanted to invite you to join me in the Surviving to Thriving Summit. This is a free online summit that my friend Emma O'Brien is hosting that starts on October 30th. So the Surviving to Thriving Summit is all about how to rock motherhood, juggle a career, and be happy, confident, and in control of your life. So like I said, my friend Emma O'Brien is hosting this. She created this online event to help busy moms because she knows from experience how challenging it can be And she believes that every mom deserves to thrive and enjoy their life with confidence. I totally resonate with all of this, of course, and I wanted to support her in her mission. So I am doing one of her interviews. She has over 20 guests lined up for 30-minute interviews that start on October 30th, where all of her guests share our best insights, our strategies, and our practical steps to help you thrive in motherhood and beyond. Some of the great things that you can expect during the Surviving to Thrive Summit are discovering what's holding you back and how to shift it, finding better balance between work and life and all the things you actually want to do, parenting the peaceful way, so discipline without punishment or yelling, how to feel more confident, and techniques to re-energize and reconnect with yourself, including your sex drive, and so much more. So she has a lot of really cool things happening. I really, really enjoyed the interview that we recorded, and I know she has other fantastic guests lined up. So if you are interested in popping over and tuning into the Surviving to Thriving Summit, 
go ahead and hop on over to the surviving to thriving summit.com forward slash Sarah S-A-R-A. There's no H on my name. So that again, that's the surviving to thriving summit.com forward slash Sarah S-A-R-A. And Emma will get you all set up for all of access to everything in the summit. Okay, so let's go ahead and dive into today's show. Maria Alcoke is the host of the Engine Mom podcast, a CrossFit level one trainer at CrossFit Cove in Columbia, Maryland, and she runs her own graphic design and web development studio, Maria Vita Creative. After over 10 years in the creative field in both agency and education settings, she left the corporate world to pursue her own business right before the birth of her daughter. Two years into motherhood and her entrepreneurial journey, Maria has a thriving design business and has merged her passion for teaching and fitness through coaching. Maria realized the true value of community and connection while navigating with some major life transitions, which included moving across the country, starting her own business, and becoming a mom. She recently started the Engine Mom podcast with the goal to share different perspectives from moms who are driven by their passions. By sharing these stories, she hopes to empower moms from all walks of life to be their best selves by identifying what fuels them, their passions and greater purpose. Maria is an inspiring woman and entrepreneur. She's also one of my very first Shameless Mom Mastermind members and one of my very first Shameless Mom coaching clients. So I'm obviously ridiculously proud of her. I can't wait for you to hear Maria's story. I know she's going to inspire you to start getting a little more uncomfortable and a lot more excited when it comes to building a life you're really passionate about. Listen in to hear Maria share why uncomfortable leaps and scary action steps are necessary, what inspires her to keep following her passions and building a life around the things that really cater to her strengths, how Mondays feel when you're not in alignment with your passion versus when you are, how she suffers from imposter syndrome and what she does to overcome it, and the power of having a coach and support system when you're doing scary things. I can't wait for you to hear Maria's story. I know you're going to be inspired by her. You might want to take some notes. So let's go ahead and dive in with Maria Alcoke. Maria Alcoke, welcome to the Shameless Mom Academy. I'm so happy to have you here today. Thank you, Sarah. I'm happy to be here. So I'm going to let everyone know how we know each other, and I'll just embarrass you right away. <laughs> so That's fine. Okay, good. Thank you for permission. Maria and I met through the very first Shameless Mom Mastermind. She came into the group and... By the end of that mastermind, she started mentioning little things about like, maybe I want to do a podcast and maybe I want to do it. And I was like, what? What? We need to talk more about this. So Marie and I now, she's been in multiple masterminds with me. We've also done one-on-one coaching together where I've helped her set up the launch of her podcast and watched her just take off and do so many things in such a short amount of time. So I'm so happy to be here to hear your story and share it with other moms. But I'm also just ridiculously proud of you because I just see you being a powerhouse when it comes to accomplishing your goals and following your passions. So very excited to dive into all that. Well, I thank you because you were a huge inspiration for all of that as well. Oh, thanks. <laughs> Should we tell everyone right now that I just totally screwed <laughs> up at the beginning of this interview? So I love that I'm your inspiration because right when we got ready to record this, instead of hitting record, I hit the hangout button on Skype and I hung up on Maria. <laughs> so I'm like, cool, great. Glad I'm your inspiration because I don't even know how to hit record on my computer after doing this for 174 episodes. <laughs> yeah, we're off to a good start. <laughs> <laughs> totally. So we're here now. Let's go ahead and dive in. I want you to tell us a little bit more about the dynamics of your personal and professional life beyond your bio. And what are you most excited about right now? Okay. So I'm a wife and a mom and I've got an awesome two-year-old daughter named Sage and she is pretty much 
what is the focus of my life right now. On top of all the other things that I'm doing, um, I'm coaching, I just started my podcast, and I'm also running my graphic design and web development business. I just hired an employee, which was a big step for me because I think it's necessary to grow with a business. And the thing that I'm most excited about right now is just having an opportunity to connect with other women and moms specifically in different ways. So through the mastermind group that we had, doing things online with like Facebook communities at my gym that I coach at, and also through my podcast. I've gotten some really great feedback about the show so far, so I'm super pumped about that. And I'm 100% an extrovert, so I get all my energy from people, and I'm just excited about expanding my reach and connecting more and serving people more through the work that I do. So whether that's creative or fitness related or just lifestyle related, I'm just excited about connecting. I love it. I love that you identify as a 100% extrovert and you're totally open about that. Although most extroverts are pretty open about being extroverted. Yeah. <laughs> but that surprised me because you're not like, I think I'm a louder extrovert than you are. Not that it's a competition, but I wouldn't have guessed that you were like full on extrovert. Yeah. And I think I do that a little bit because I get nervous about being too overt about the things that I care about. (laughs) And I don't say I walk on eggshells, but I'm definitely like, am I an oversharer? Is this too much for social media? Like in person, I definitely tend to share more, I think, than my online persona. Oh, that's so interesting. So I've just embraced that I'm an oversharer. And so I'm like, cool, guys, I'm probably totally oversharing. But let me go ahead and tell you about these like inappropriate things. I love that, though, because listening to the show, like I'm like, I feel like I know you beyond, you know, just connecting in the ways that we connect. (laughs) It's interesting. I've gotten, you know, especially building business online, and you can relate to this through building your own graphic design business and also through building your podcast. So you often in watching people you admire and taking advice from mentors, you'll hear certain things and you're like, oh shoot, am I doing it the wrong way? And so something that has been mentioned to me a couple different ways is like, if you're going to be in the online space promoting your business and promoting your podcast or whatever your thing is that you're promoting, like be really careful about how you want to present yourself and kind of what your personal brand is. Because ultimately, like we all have a personal brand, whether we choose to really embrace that or not, or really make it into something that everyone notices or clues into or not. So especially in light of like political stuff and everything, a lot of my Mm -hmm. online mentors have been like, you should definitely like keep your opinions to yourself and, you know, keep real quiet about this political stuff or just not be an overshare in all these different ways. And it's like, I have broken all those rules, (laughs) but I also don't think I could do what I do without breaking those rules. I agree. I think it makes you authentic too. Like you're not trying to hide yourself and you talk about like you want to show up in the world and you want to speak and you want to be loud. So that's what you're doing. And it's awesome. (laughs) Yeah. Yes. I just get to talk about being loud and that gives me permission to be loud. Absolutely. So share with us some of the uncomfortable leaps you have taken professionally since becoming a mom. And how has this evolution in motherhood paralleled your professional evolution? Okay. So I really like this question because I was thinking about it and I'm like, well, I feel like a lot of people take their biggest leaps or their biggest risks before they have kids. (laughs) But I felt like my husband and I did took those biggest risks like right before we became parents. So we picked up and quit our jobs. We moved across the country knowing that both of our goals were to eventually work for ourselves or at the time we had a business together and that's kind of a whole nother story. But we left behind, you know, comforts of like stable income and health insurance benefits and like paid maternity leave. That was a big thing. Yeah. And then we had this awesome community in San Diego. We were living out there for almost 10 years. So we had all of those, you know, resources we left behind to go be home closer to family. And 
I basically, once Sage was born, I was kind of feeling lost because he was working so hard. He was kind of hustling to get this business off the ground in Maryland. And I wasn't really sure I wanted to be in the business with him anymore. It was kind of like my interest had shifted once Sage was born. And so I decided I didn't want to pay for childcare. I wanted to do this sort of like working stay at home mom thing. And that in itself, I think, was just risky because I didn't know what to expect. You know, I didn't right. know how much help I was going to exactly get from I'm, I was home living really close to my family. But I was stubborn about hiring help and paying somebody to do a job that I thought I was supposed to be able to do. And I was hesitant about putting too many expectations on my mom and my dad. And, you know, I just had this like guilt. And so I think in terms of like evolution, I started realizing that the more you take on, the more you need to seek help. You need to take responsibility for the things that you've taken on and then ask for help in order to accomplish those because you can't do everything 100%. So eventually I got a coaching position at the gym that I was training at and that was a great like outlet for me. And I started to realize like there's a little bit more of a balance between my work life and my personal life. And so I think a big influence that you had on me too was the idea of outsourcing. And this is obviously later on in my motherhood journey, but understanding that like you can ask for help, you can get people to do things for you like grocery delivery and like hiring someone to come clean your house and just taking some things off of my plate. And I think that finding ways to get help in both my professional work as well as my personal life has been sort of the evolution thus far. Oh, totally. I love that. Yes. Like asking for help, being open to asking for help, and then also open to receiving help are two really big, big steps in the evolution of motherhood. I think that sometimes take a really, really long time for people to get to that point, especially if you are a type A kind of a person or someone who just, I'm speaking for myself, you're not necessarily you, but I'm a type A control freak kind of a person. That's me too. (laughs) I was just like, no, I'll just keep like adding to my plate, make it fuller and fuller. It's fine. It's totally fine until like, it's not fine. And you're just resentful and bitter toward everyone in your world. That's exactly where I was. It was like 18 months in and my parents had been traveling for two weeks and I had absolutely no help outside of that. And I was trying to manage like clients and coaching and I was like, I'm going to lose my mind. Yeah. Yeah. So did you start building your design business when Sage was a baby? Yeah. So I had been doing freelance work for a while. I worked in agency settings. I worked as a teacher for a few years when I was in San Diego, but I'd always been doing freelance on the side. And so at that point, I had an opportunity to take on some additional work for a woman who was running her own agency. And I was using that as just kind of like my launch pad. And then I had some previous clients that I were still working with. And I wasn't really doing a ton of marketing, but that was yeah, essentially me starting to build my client base with a newborn. And I remember having like calls or doing work like one handed while I was like nursing her in my left arm and like working with my right hand. It was just like a very interesting dynamic, but (laughs) that's what my life was. And I kind of felt like that was my new normal. Yeah. Yeah. Was she a pretty easy baby? Like I was not able to get work done with Vinny as an infant unless he was sleeping. And like it took like six months before he started sleeping really regularly during the day. Yeah. Did you have that or was she pretty chill and easy to work with? So a couple of things I discovered, baby wearing was so helpful uh, when she was super little because that's all she wanted. She just wanted to be close to me. And so I couldn't really put her in like a rock and play and sit next to her on the computer. I had to have her on me. I mean, once I finally came to the realization that like, that's all she needs, she will mm-hmm. be content. I was like, oh, this is kind of easy. And so <laughs> I guess in hindsight, because now at two, there's no way I'm getting anything done. There's so, no yes, baby wearing and typing. Yeah. No, definitely not. I mean, she's huge now. So at the time as an infant, 
it felt hard, but you know, hindsight's always twenty twenty. And I was right. like, man, those were the days. <laughs> <laughs> I tried to wear Vinny a little bit and like, it was like my arms weren't long enough or something to type and have him on me. And then I'd be sweating and I'd be annoyed <laughs> and I couldn't see the keyboard. Like, I know some people are really good at this. I was just annoyed. And then I would try to wear him forward facing, which he seemed to be more into when he got a little bit into like a few months old. So I put him in the Bjorn forward facing while I was doing stuff in the kitchen. And I was like, oh my God, I'm going to like cut off his leg because yeah. I'm trying to like make dinner. And I was like, I wish I was a baby wearer. I'm not a good baby wearer. I do like to go for walks or I did like to go for walks and have him in the ergo and like, or even just stand and like rock. Like one of my favorite things. And I can't even think of what the situations would have been, but just different times when he was little where I'd be in a situation like a, not a concert necessarily, but where I was like standing as an observer or something. And I had him on me. And I would just go into this like ergo rock where I would just like rock side to side with him. And that was like the most amazing feeling in the world. But that was not me being functional wearing him. That was me just like chilling out wearing him. So that I could do. (laughs) Not so much on the rest. Yeah, I'm going to keep doing it for as long as she'll tolerate it. Because like, and I'm sure you've seen pictures I posted on my Instagram in the airport when we travel. I'm like, I'm not chasing you around the airport. And I don't want to deal with a stroller. So I'm like, you're getting on my back. <laughs> nice, nice. So we'll yeah. see how long that lasts. <laughs> That's good that she's used to it. She's more likely to stick with it. Yeah. So Sage is born. You are starting your entrepreneurial journey in your design business. You're starting your journey in motherhood. From there, and you're starting your journey as a CrossFit coach. So you're like at the beginning of all these journeys. So not even two years into all that, you decide that you should also start a journey as a podcaster. (laughs) Tell us about that. Very much like you, Sarah, I like to put things on my plate and I just like to pile it on. And that's like metaphoric, but also literal because I like to eat. (laughs) So This episode is supported by a podcast I want to share with you called Understood Explains. So this show is about navigating ADHD, dyslexia, and other learning and thinking differences, which can be so confusing. And so every uh, season of the show is around a different theme. So there's a season on special education, there's a season on ADHD diagnosis for adults, and the current season is all about IEPs. I love this podcast because the episodes are 10 to 15 minutes long. So if you are short on time or short on focus, you can take this content in super quickly, easily, It's very digestible, and the show is hosted by teacher and special education expert Juliana Urtube. So Juliana talks all about how to navigate educational plans, IEPs. She talks about the differences between IEPs and 504 plans. She really breaks things down in a really clear and simple way so that you have some of those questions that you might be thinking around, like, does this pertain to my child? Is this something I need to be looking into? Like, where do we go from here? Where do I go if I have questions? Juliana has you covered. She explains so many different things and so many different little pieces and nuance of IEPs and special education and different things on Understood Explained. So I want you to go check it out wherever you're listening to this podcast. You can go listen to Understood Explains. Just go into your podcast app, do a search for Understood Explains, and it will pop right up. Click on it, pick your episode, and get the answers that you've been looking for and the support that you need around different learning differences and differences in school. This episode is supported by AquaTrue. Having clean, safe water is the last thing you want to worry about. But unfortunately, according to extensive research by the Environmental Working Group, three out of four, yes, three out of four homes in America have harmful contaminants in their tap water. So that's why you got to check out AquaTrue. AquaTrue purifiers have a four-stage reverse osmosis purification process. And their countertop purifiers, which is what we have, take no installation or plumbing, and they remove 15 times more contaminants than ordinary pitcher filters. And they're specifically designed to combat 
chemicals like PFAS, which can lead to potentially adverse health effects like cancer, endocrine system disruption, and liver toxicity, which is part of what makes AquaTrue so special, unique, and important in terms of how they are able to filter water. They also have water purifiers to fit every type of home. So like the installation-free countertop purifier that we have at our house to higher capacity under sink options. They even have Wi-Fi connected purifiers and mineral boost options. So I'm so excited about our new AquaTrue. And here's the thing. I swear it's like a gentle reminder to actually drink more water every time you walk into your kitchen. So we are drinking more water now and also more clean water. So more water that is more clean. It feels like a double win. I'm feeling pretty impressed with us. I feel like sink water, tap water becomes invisible at a certain point. And when I see the purifier on my counter, it's like many time a day reminder to like, keep drinking, keep drinking. So I want you to check out AquaTrue for yourself and for your family. AquaTrue comes with a 30 day money back guarantee and that makes it a great gift as well. Today, my listener can receive 20% off any AquaTrue purifier when you go to AquaTrue.com. That's A-Q-U-A-T-R-U.com and enter the code SHAMELESS at checkout. That's 20% off any AquaTrue purifier when you go to AquaTrue.com and use the code SHAMELESS, S-H-A-M-E-L-E-S-S, AquaTrue.com code SHAMELESS. The podcast evolved from originally I wanted to have a mom blog because way back in the day, when I was just doing design, I had a blog that was sort of just like a lifestyle blog that was just a way for me to, you know, just share whatever random thoughts that I wanted to share with with the rest of the world. And then with the mom blog, it was sort of the idea that I wanted to share my experience as a new mom. And it was kind of therapeutic for me to just write about it. I don't know how many people actually read it. I think I had maybe three or four posts on a blog for a while. But talking about my experience as a mom who is coined herself like the working stay-at-home mom. But then I also wanted to talk about fitness and I want to talk about, you know, CrossFit and nutrition and all this kind of stuff. So the podcast basically evolved from that. That was sort of an old seed that was planted and never really nurtured. And then once I did the Momentum Mastermind, that's kind of where it all started to resurface. I had originally joined the Mastermind because I was like, well, I think I want to build this business up, meaning my design business. And I was really still into coaching. I was just kind of trying to figure out like how I was going to take all my passions and kind of put them in one place. And so that's really how the idea of the podcast evolved. And then, of course, I like to talk. (laughs) I think I like to talk a lot more than I like to write. (laughs) I always felt it really hard to like get a good idea on paper. But when I start, you know, engaging with people and talking about specific topics, it just felt natural. Yeah. And so that's kind of like the evolution. But then I thought about, you know, when we first moved back to the area, You know, I grew up here, but we're in Maryland, but I didn't have a ton of people close in the proximity that I did in San Diego. And so when I was postpartum, I would go to all these like mommy groups and these support groups that they have at the hospital. And in those early stages, I found that that was so valuable. I felt like I wasn't crazy. (laughs) I felt connected. Totally. And like, you know, you go in that room and everyone's tired and everyone's got the baby and they're like flailing, trying to be awkward, like trying not to like show their boob because they're trying to nurse, you know? (laughs) And it's like, everyone's in the same boat. And so I just kept thinking about how like important that was. And then I thought about how we connect with people at the gym and how everybody has sort of this like in CrossFit, they kind of call it like the shared suffering. Like you go through this workout together and then you connect after that. It's interesting dynamic. But as far as like encouraging people to pursue their passions, that was something that I really wanted to kind of focus on too, because when we become moms and when I became a mom specifically, like I was like, wow, a lot of the things that I cared about beforehand are the same, but they've evolved into sort of like a bigger picture purpose or a bigger picture passion. And so I think 
you know, that in itself and, and trying to hear stories from other people, other women and other moms specifically, and finding connection and finding some kind of just like solace in knowing that other people are going through similar things as you are was really a, the biggest inspiration for the podcast itself. I love it. A couple follow up points I want to make on that. I love that you identify that speaking is a strength for you and writing is more challenging. I think it's so important when we are considering adding to our plate that we add things that light us up and that fuel us and that we don't need to be good at it. You don't need to be an expert at it, but it needs to speak to your strengths rather than like trying to waste a lot of time on something that you suck at. And so that's where outsourcing comes into play. So like for me, when I decided I wanted to do a podcast, there was a couple really key decisions. And I did decide between doing a blog and a podcast. And I knew for me, I had blogged in the past. I have a couple blogs that I have had for a really long time. And I knew that for me, writing is a much more time consuming process. And it's a process that's like, requires multiple days of going back and editing and thinking things through and being like really laser focused and clear headed. For some reason, like talking does not require all those things of me. I can sit down and talk off of bullet points really quickly. So I knew that with a podcast, I was looking at like, you know, a 30 to 60 minute commitment when I sat down to record versus a blog post where it would be every blog post would be many hours over the course of multiple days. And so that was like, okay, as a mom, I need to be really conscientious of my time and my strength. So I'm going to go with speaking for this. And then another piece of that was, okay, if I want to do a podcast, I don't want to learn the tech side of it. I don't want to spend my time doing that. That is not my strength. And it would not be worth my time to learn those skills because I have so many other things on my plate. So I immediately was like, okay, choosing between writing and the podcast, going with the podcast, and then choosing between doing the podcast completely on my own versus outsourcing the stuff I didn't know how to do. I immediately outsourced everything I didn't know how to do except for the recording of the episode. And so then I have my lovely Christy, who does all my editing. And my husband, luckily, is a graphic designer. So he did the website. So I had other people on board immediately to do a lot of the things so that I wasn't stuck trying to build the passion around a whole bunch of skills I didn't have. So I love that you brought that up as well. I also want to touch on pursuing passions when they're uncomfortable and scary, because I know this is something that obviously that you've done, like you've just kept adding more and more uncomfortable things to your plate. (laughs) So what inspires you to push moms to do that? It's certainly something that you model, but what do you think is the benefit of pursuing passions even when they're uncomfortable and scary? So this is a good question. I feel like I have, you kind of asked me this on different days and I would change my mind, but I think the main reason why it's important to push yourself to take risks in terms of pursuing your passions is because if you care about something that much, like you're going to kind of bend over backwards to make it happen, or you should, I think, personally go, you know, bend over backwards to make it happen. So I think about like my child, for example, and I said this in one of my podcast episodes, you kind of treat your passions like your children, like you want to spend time with them and you want to nurture them and you want to do things to connect with them and allow them to grow. And obviously when it comes to having a family and having responsibilities, like your passions can very much fall behind or fall, you know, kind of take a back seat. It's very easy for that to happen. But I think in order for us to be the most lit up, the best version of ourselves and the people that inspire other people to do things, inspire our children, especially, you have to follow your passions. And so in terms of like taking risks, I think finding ways, like you said, to ask for help or to find people that can support you in taking those risks so that they seem less risky or they seem less scary is important. And I don't know, I think now it's like when you 
follow your passions. It's like you wake up in the morning and you're not as, I don't know, maybe you're not as drained or not as jaded about the things that happened the day before. I think it changes the way that you look at life. It changes Mm -hmm. the lens that you look at life through. That's my personal opinion on that. Definitely. How has it felt to pursue something that you're passionate about rather than something that is maybe a little less risky, which this might relate to what you were doing professionally prior to starting all your own things? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I told you I taught high school for four years when I was living in San Diego. And I'll be honest, like every morning my alarm would go off and I would just, I don't know, I would like just dread going into the setting. And I was really passionate and I still am about education, but I feel like I wasn't happy doing the things I was doing. I was like, I was teaching multimedia to high school kids and I felt like I wasn't really being authentic because I was teaching them about the stuff that I loved and that I was motivated by. And it felt inauthentic because they weren't motivated by that kind of stuff and they weren't interested in that kind of stuff. And so that kind of carried over into the things that I do now. It's like now I'd rather not do something safe just to conform to like, oh, it's comfortable. I'm getting, you know, a steady paycheck or I'm getting like health benefits, those type of things. Like I think in order for you to do meaningful work, like you have to be driven to do the meaningful work. And if you get a taste of like what the possibilities are, it just changes everything. I feel like, and not to say there's anything wrong with working a corporate job, but if you're not satisfied in a corporate job and you know that there's this you know, ladder of sorts that you're climbing, if you get a taste or somebody kind of exposes you to like, hey, here's what you could do if you went in a different direction or if you, you know, potentially pursued your own business or if you changed the work that you're doing, you have more opportunities for growth. And I think that that outweighs the comforts of any typical career that you might not be passionate about. Right. I guess this is more like work specific, but I think you could, if you, you know, peel back the layers that that's applicable to anything that we do in life. Absolutely. Yeah. When you talked about teaching, that's so resonated with me. One of my jobs prior to getting in the fitness industry and becoming a personal trainer, I worked in a psychiatric hospital with kids. And one of my years before I went back to school to become a trainer, I worked in this school program that the hospital ran. And so it was rather than like my hospital job had been, you know, seven days a week, the hospitals open all hours of the day, working with really acutely mentally ill children. But then when I worked this school job, it was working with children on school hours. So it was like Monday through Friday, 730 to four or something were the hours. And oh my gosh, what you just said about waking up in the morning. Mm-hmm. I remember like waking up every day and it was always a countdown to the weekend. And on Monday being like, how am I going to get there? And it didn't seem, it wasn't that I didn't like the work and I liked the kids and I liked my coworkers, but it was so not my passion. And that was at a time when I was considering what I was going to go back to school for. I knew I wanted to ultimately get out of the hospital and out of that work. And I was like, what am I going to go back to school for? And I came very, very close to going back and getting my master's in teaching because that felt very like safe, reliable, secure, Mm -hmm. like, there would always be a job and, you know, benefits, all those kinds of things. But then I thought like, oh my gosh, I, for like 40 more years, I'm going to get up every Monday and be like, oh my God, how many hours is it until Friday at four? Yes. (laughs) So I just couldn't do it. And going into personal training was a million times scarier and riskier. And I was terrified because I was not your typical personal trainer kind of person. And I very much, I went into that like, (laughs) telling myself, like, I'm not going to make any friends in this program because I don't even need any friends because I thought I was so intimidated by anyone else who might sign up to be a personal trainer because I felt so like inadequate going into that. But I also knew this is going to be at least a little more exciting than going and getting my master's in teaching and just being bored out of my mind 
every day. So. Yeah. Well, you talk about, you know, when you were kind of coming up with the content for your podcast, you were talking about like, what do you want to do for the rest of your life or talk about yeah. for the rest yeah. of for the first year of your future? And it's so true because it's like, I was passionate about teaching and leading and helping people or helping my students discover their passions. But then when I could tell that they weren't into it, it was like, oh my gosh. And so, yes, anything that allows you to work through the week and not even like wish away the week so, because right. you're doing something that you care about. You're doing something that is meaningful. Right, right. Yeah. I will say now, now that Vinny's in full-time childcare, I will say, and I'm sure other parents can relate to this, that sometimes weekdays are just easier than weekends because I don't have to parent all day. Yes. So I'm like, maybe that's some of why Monday through Friday isn't that bad anymore because I don't have to parent that much on Monday through Friday. But yeah, I mean, it all just totally changes with the dynamic of adding kids to your schedule in terms of how those weekdays feel. But I think that what you're doing during your work days, it matters a lot because you spend so much time. That's the thing that you spend the most of your life doing. So it does matter how you choose to spend that professional time for sure. I want to talk a little bit about imposter syndrome. And this is something we talked about in the Shameless Mom Momentum Mastermind. It's something that um, you and I have talked about as we've done a one-on-one coaching but I want to let people know what it is and then talk about your experience with it. So imposter syndrome is when you are in a situation and you feel like you are not worthy of the situation. So an example might be for either Maria and I starting out in podcasting, or like I just mentioned starting out in personal training to be like, I don't belong here. Everyone else here is like more worthy of this position and they know what they're doing. And I don't know. And like, who do I even think I am to be like putting myself in front of a microphone? I don't have anything new to say. I don't have anything particularly valuable to say. So you just get in your own head. And this happens all the time in entrepreneurship. But I think it also happens anytime you make any sort of shift or pivot in a new professional direction, it's very easy to be intimidated by other people who've gone before you. So can you talk a little bit about your experience with imposter syndrome and how it's impacted you as you've worked toward your goals? Yeah. And we were joking about this earlier. It was like, I have imposter syndrome just being on this interview. (laughs) (laughs) Just like, who am I? But yeah, it, it is. It's a debilitating feeling and it happens not uncommon at all. And I think it happens, like you said, every time there's a pivot, every time you take on something new. And I mean, I think it's normal to feel inadequate, but I think it's also important that we have to recognize that those are like feelings that happen for everybody. It's not like there's something wrong with us because we feel that way. Everybody has those feelings and some people talk about them and some people don't, and some people don't act on them. And I think that's, you know, where the risk comes in. It's like, if you have this feeling of doing something and you're feeling a little inadequate, it's like take action. And sometimes that just makes it that much better. Like you cross the line or you got over the hump, so to speak. So when I decided I wanted to start a podcast, the first people that I shared it with was with my mastermind, Shameless Mommy Mastermind Group. And I was so nervous just to even say like out loud, I'm starting a podcast. <laughs> I'm like thinking back to how I felt at that time because it was so nerve wracking. And I thought, oh God, so Sarah has a podcast for moms and like, she's so great. And she's got this mastermind group and she's got sponsors and all these things. And then I start thinking about all the other, you know, podcasts that are out there. And it's like, where am I going to fall in this list? And I basically just had to be like, shut up, (laughs) you know, start writing down goals. You have to start somewhere. And that's like where I think just having a support system is so important. I started to tell people, at my gym, you know, the people that I hang out with, the social circle that I have, which is really just the gym since I work remotely by myself. So I'm talking to people at my gym and my family and just kind of like word vomit. It'd be like, I'm starting a podcast and this is my audience and this is my content. And I just kept kind of reminding myself, like, this is what I'm doing and this is why I'm doing it. And it got me excited every time I talked about it. So it made that 
resurfacing of the imposter syndrome kind of shut it down a little bit the more I talked about it. And then I felt like the more I talked about it, the more I had support in that. It was really nice to just hear people question like, oh, how's it going? Or like, what's the next step? Or how can I help? And well, the whole point of my podcast, the whole mission was to inspire women to do shit like this. You know, it's like get out there and take a chance and get out of your comfort zone a little bit and be heard and go after something that you're passionate about. And so I think that was sort of how I used imposter syndrome to sort of fuel the fire, if you will. This episode is supported by Mysteries About True Histories, a podcast for your kiddos. So from the creators of the hit podcast, Who Smarted, and Netflix's Brainchild comes the adventurous world of mysteries about true histories, affectionately known as math. Every episode follows Max and Molly, who have just been recruited into a secret order of problem solvers on an adventure through time packed with puzzles, hidden equations, history, and laughs, making learning cool. This podcast is perfect for ages six and up and new episodes drop every Thursday, each stacked with so much laughter that your kiddos won't even realize how much they're learning. I love a show where as a parent, you're like, hey, let's listen or watch this or whatever. And your kids are thinking they're like getting extra device time or what have you. And you're like, they're learning right now. So it feels like such a big win. So I want you to go check out Mysteries About True Histories wherever you listen to podcasts. You can tune into Mysteries About True Histories with your kids. You can follow and listen on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts, wherever you're listening to this podcast. So go check out Mysteries About True Histories to listen in and have some fun with your kid while they learn today. Lynn, this time of year, parenting can be such a fluster clucks. You've come to the right place. I'm Lynn Lyons, and I've been treating anxious families for over 30 years. I'm Lynn's sister-in-law and co-host Robin Hudson. Join us for Fluster Clucks, a podcast for parents who worry. Wait, that's everybody. Yeah, these last few years have felt like one long anxiety attack for so many. Why do you think parents are always surprised that a podcast about anxiety relates to them, even if no one in their house has an anxiety disorder? Well, worry is human. Everyone does it. And anxiety shows up when we face uncertainty. All the parenting tips you've taught me have been essential. I love to break it down into skills we need to manage worry in our families. We've covered so many topics, depression, burnout, meltdowns, perfectionism. Don't forget scary mothers-in-law. Right, but of course that's not my mother-in-law. Because that's my mother. And a listener. As a psychotherapist, I like to teach parents and kids how to respond to everyday moments in healthy ways. Managing anxiety really can be taught. It really can. And I'll even tell you what to say. We talk about serious stuff, but without being too serious. Anxiety wants everything serious. Anxiety doesn't stand a chance when we're laughing, even about the tough stuff. I love that. And I totally agree. And I think that we all have to do that at different times in different ways. And a lot of times it's just practicing, like pushing yourself through it and pushing yourself through those uncomfortable spaces. Like how do you work through imposter syndrome when it strikes now? And do you have any tips for other moms who might be facing this? So tips for getting through the imposter syndrome. I think a big part about, I mean, obviously it strikes when you're taking a chance or like you said, creating some kind of change. And so my first steps, I always like to write down my goals so that they're in a place that I can actually see them. So it's one thing to have this goal in your mind, but I think putting it on paper, I'm like old school. I like to have pen and paper. I use my passion planner, which I'm obsessed with. So I use that and it it actually helped me kind of create this sort of roadmap to where I wanted to go. And so it's allowing, I think part of 
feeling, I guess, like a fraud is how I kind of equate imposter syndrome to is reminding yourself that even if you don't have the expertise right now, you are going to be working just as hard as anyone else to get that expertise. And whether it's getting certificates or whether, you know, studying or whatever it is, finding a way to justify what you know now and what you're going to continue to learn and then surrounding yourself with people that can support you in that. And so for me, it was hiring you as a coach because I knew that you'd been there and that you had to start somewhere as well. And so having someone or a group of people that can not only hold you accountable for the things that you want to do, but allow you to kind of work through those uncomfortable feelings, but have someone to kind of bounce ideas off of and keep you feeling supported. I think that's what really helps kind of working through the feelings of imposter syndrome. I agree. And I think one of the things that I noticed that you do, which you may or may not be conscious of, that I think is really powerful is you work through things. I mean, you probably are conscious of this, but you work through things really systematically. And I think that when you do that, and you mentioned writing things down as part of that, which I'm going to jump back to in just a second. But when you work through things really systematically, I think sometimes it takes out some of the subjectivity and makes it a little more objective. And so for you, you are someone who whenever we're on our calls, you're writing things down, you're taking notes, you're writing down action steps. And so it becomes this like, everything is a little bit more of a blueprint rather than a place for judgment. And so it's this blueprint of like, okay, here's the three things I'm going to work on next week. I'm going to check in with you next week and let you know how they went. And then we check in the next week and you're like, here's the three things. Here's how they went. And then we just keep doing that. So it's just the kind of this constant like data collection, taking new steps, more data collection, taking new steps, reporting back. And I think that when you do that and it's just this simple system of forward progress and forward momentum, it oftentimes can take out some of the fear because when you, and I think this is where the writing it down comes into play. When you look at your, like, these are the three things I need to do this week. And you just power through those three things. Sometimes that doesn't leave the space for freaking out about things. And so I think when you don't write things down or you don't have specific things systematized or put in place, it's all just in your head. And then it becomes very big and overwhelming. So if just in your head, you're like, well, I'm just going to start a podcast like that just is a big, overwhelming, scary thing in your head. When you start to instead be and these are some of the specific things that we talked about where you're like, okay, I'm going to do some research on like, you know, the top podcasts for moms. And then I'm going to do some research on like how to get started in podcasting. And then I'm going to do some research. And then I'm going to whatever, like make a list of things I would like to talk about every day for the rest of my life. So you have like Mm -hmm. these three action steps. And that makes it a lot easier to just like, I'm just going to tackle these three things. I'm not going to focus on the whole big scary thing of this big leap into podcasting. And I think that that can be really helpful in combating imposter syndrome as well. Yeah. And I think it also kind of depends on your personality. Like if you don't like writing things down in a notebook per se, like maybe it's creating a schedule on your calendar where you remind yourself every day at this time, like, Hey, like here's a step that you need to take this week in order to get to your closer to your goal. Do it now. And you know, everybody kind of reacts to things differently. And if writing things down is not your focus, then, you know, setting different reminders or, I mean, sometimes it was even like, I would tell my husband, like, I'm going to do this today. And then he would check in with me at some point and be like, Hey, did you do this yet? So It's always just keeping the momentum going, like you said. Right, right. Yeah. Having that accountability and that check-in can be really, really helpful too. I totally agree. And that's why I always, and and this I think is where you've seen some value in coaching. And this is why I always have a business coach and people have asked me about this. 
I have to have a business coach so that I will keep doing scary things. Like I would not have launched a podcast if I did not have someone that I was reporting to, to say like, okay, here's where I am in the timeline. Here's where I am before launch day. Here's how I'm doing this. Here's what I'm going to talk about. Here's like all the people I'm going to email and ask them to write reviews for me. <laughs> like, And this has been the case for me since 2010. I just have to have someone that I'm reporting back to so that I have that accountability and also that I have a cheerleader. So that they're like, yes, yep. you can do it. You can do it. Exactly. So you've surrounded yourself with positive and powerful people and communities. So tell us a little bit about that and how you've gone about that because you've moved communities. And I think this is a really interesting and important conversation. When you make a big move into a brand new community, like how do you even start in integrating yourself into the community? And how have you done it in a way that has allowed you to really create some positive and powerful relationships in where you guys are now? That's a great question. And I think it helps that I am an extrovert because <laughs> my poor husband <laughs> is like, we are like polar opposites. He's so introverted. He's not a super social person. And so I'll be honest, like to this day, he struggles to like make really good connections with people because he connects with people he works with. But outside of that, it's kind of a little challenging for him. But I like crave social interaction. And I've been really deliberate about the kind of connections that I'm making and the people that I keep close to me because like you said, I did kind of have to start over. And so I didn't have, you know, in San Diego it was like a little different kind of life. We were in our twenties and we didn't have kids and we were going out to like the bar and stuff. And that was sort of like your social circle, but now it's more family or you know, people that go to my gym who are parents, either, you know, young parents, or they're just getting married and they're just kind of in different phases of life. And a lot of them are starting either kind of working their way up in their career or some people are going into through career transition. And so it's been really cool to connect with people specifically through my gym, because since that's essentially where I'm making the most face to face connection, but I'm also making a lot of connection online, believe it or not, through like Facebook communities. And there's a saying that's something like you're only as good as the five people that you spend the majority of your time with. Right. And so I believe that if you're going to seek out people that are just like you or similar to you and that they're driven and they're motivated and they want to kind of better themselves on the regular basis, like you're going to continue to stay driven and motivated. And I think if, you know, just thinking back to San Diego, like I love the circle of friends that we created. And so I didn't think I was going to replicate that here, but here it's almost like this is like the next step. And I think starting with joining the mastermind group, that was a big step for me, just finding women in other areas that I could connect with and kind of branching out there. And then I got a little obsessed and (laughs) stuck with it for a long time, which I loved. (laughs) Yeah. And, you know, I feel like I've continued to build my support system through just telling people what I'm doing and hearing what they're doing and then, you know, finding ways that we can collaborate, finding ways that we can support each other. And like you said, it's all about accountability, but then also just knowing that people are, kind of in the corner for you, like cheering for you and and checking in. Like, I think that's what helps keep me going. But then I think about like, this is sort of transitioning into a a different subject, but with coaching, like that's a huge part of why I love coaching because I'm able to see people who they'll come to the gym and they'll be like, I made it to the gym five days this week, you know? And it's like, they're very proud of that. And they're proud to be part of the community and proud to have somebody that's in their corner, like kind of cheering for them, so to speak, saying like, Hey, you're doing great. You're coming to the gym regularly. You're going towards your goals. And I think that's a huge part of just being able to surround yourself with people that are going to be supportive of you. Yes. Yeah. How do you want to help and support other moms? And how is that part of your mission with Engine Mom? So uh, the main part of my podcast, I have sort of these three, three goals, essentially. The main one is identifying what fuels 
you, what fuels your engine. That's where the engine comes. So it's identifying your passions, but also the greater purpose that you can, you know, what can you do with your passions to make a difference and to help kind of be a better version of yourself. And then with identifying those passions, it's like thinking about how you can maintain you know, the engine metaphor. So the engine, so to speak, is the idea of keeping yourself healthy through wellness and self-care and things that are going to continue to allow you to be a, the best version of yourself as a mom, but also just the best version of yourself in all the other compartments of your life, because we do so many different things. And it's like, if one compartment is not being tended to, like, you're not going to be the most kind of the best version of your well-rounded self. And so everybody has different needs in terms of self-care and what that looks like. So if it's like, you know, I'm a very physical person, so fitness is a huge part of what works for me, but some women need to have like quiet time and reading and things like that. So helping them identify like what that is to, that will help them sort of maintain their well-being, And then finally figuring out also what helps them keep them motivated. And so f- since you and I, I think are very similar in that we like to have the cheerleader, we like to have the coach, we like to have people that are holding us accountable. That's really important. But some women need other elements of that. And it's, it's really, I think for me, to support women in finding those different ways that they can continue to stay motivated is really important because it's very, very easy to get stuck into the sort of the mundane routines and fall out of staying on track towards your goals. And so ideally, I'm just really motivated to help moms identify all of those things. I love it. In what ways are you a shameless mom? I'm a shameless mom because I take risks. Mm -hmm. I think that I believe that everybody can make meaningful work from their passions. It's like, dare I say that? But I think that that's true. If you are legitimately passionate about something, I I think that you are able to pursue it. And I don't think that pursuing your passions is selfish. I think it's inspiring. And I'm pulling, I'm trying to think of this quote from this motivational speaker. It's something like, inspiration is a transfer of energy. And so the idea that if you are inspired, you are going to inspire others. And so I think pursuing my passions and encouraging other women to, to pursue their passions, you're modeling that for your children, you're modeling that for the people that you interact with. And it just sort of this trickle down effect where everyone's just like extra inspired, extra passionate about the things that they're doing. Right. Okay, Maria, this has been so fun. And we have our shameless mommy minute coming up here in just a sec. But first, I want you to tell us where we can find you. All right. Yes, this has been super fun, Sarah. Thank you. I am on Facebook. You can look me up at The Engine Mom. It should be just facebook.com slash engine mom. And then I am on the interwebs at enginemom.com. And Instagram is at the underscore engine underscore mom. Excellent. Because engine mom was taken. (laughs) (laughs) So we will have um, all of those links over at the show notes. So if you want to go to shamelessmom.com and click on episode 174, everything will be right there. And then let's go ahead and hop into Shameless Mommy Minute. So are you ready? I am. What is your favorite way to treat yourself? I really like a pedicure and I love happy hour. (laughs) (laughs) Agreed on both. Uh, Current book you're reading or the last one you read? Okay, so I'm kind of reading a lot right now. I'm trying to balance it all, but I'm doing a new certificate in pre and postnatal training. And so that's my sort of heavy textbook that I'm reading to get that training certificate. I'm reading The Tapping Solution by Nick Ortner, which is actually really cool. I've heard really Uh, good things about that. Yeah, it's really interesting. It's definitely worth checking out. And finally, I'm reading Oh Crap Potty Training. It's a (laughs) a guide to potty training. My husband just finished and he's like, you got to read this because we got to get this thing going. Oh, that's so funny. Yeah, (laughs) it's a great combination of of reading material there. Yes. What is one morning ritual you can't live without? 
yes, if I can't get in my reading or meditation or stretching, those are the things that I always seek to do in the morning. I still have to have a cup of black coffee. Oh, black coffee. Yes. I love me some. I'm very spoiled. We go to Costa Rica, so we get the coffee from Costa Rica and it's just heavenly. So good. That's why you don't need anything to like dress it up. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Who is your biggest inspiration? I feel like this is kind of cheesy, but I'm inspired by moms that raise really good kids. (laughs) Like you see a kid that's polite and courteous and just acting just like, like it's a young child that's acting like a well-grown adult. It's like, oh my gosh, what have you done? You're so amazing. How can I be like you? (laughs) That's inspiring to me. I think that that sometimes is just the nature of the kid and not always a circumstance of parenting. Yeah, yeah. But it might be. I think in some cases it is. But in some cases, I think you are just a victim to whatever child you're given. Right. Um, If you could give all moms one superpower, what would it be and why? Oh my gosh. I love this question because every time you ask your guest, I'm always like, oh, what would I say? (laughs) There was one, one of your guests said, grow a third arm. Yes. (laughs) And that had me rolling because I'm like a bag lady. And I was like, man, I could really use a third arm. (laughs) But since that one is taken, I would have to say the power of language, meaning that you can speak and interpret any language in the world you know, it could be Spanish, it could be Gaelic, but it could also be infant and toddler uh, yes. and sign language and husband. <laughs> <laughs> I would especially appreciate learning hus- the husband dialect. <laughs> right? Yeah. That's so that would awesome. be my power. It's a good one. I love it. Thank you. <laughs> Maria, yeah. thank you so much for coming on the show. And thank you for everything you're putting out into the world. I really appreciate you. And I appreciate you taking leaps that will inspire other women and other moms to do the same. I know that there is such a ripple effect when one woman decides to do something that is powerful and how that impacts other women and impacts your children. So thank you for doing that so that more and more people can be living in their passion and finding their purpose and just living life bigger, bolder and braver. Thank you, Sarah. It's been a great time. And oh, I, I forgot to say, you guys can check out the podcast Engine Mom podcast on iTunes. Oh, yeah, yeah. Totally, Definitely. That's important too. That's totally <laughs> important. Yes. So that they can find it through Apple Podcasts or they can find it through your website at enginemom.com, correct? Correct. Okay. Yes. Definitely. Yes. Go check out the show. I actually, while we were talking, I pulled up your iTunes page. You might be beating me for reviews like in when you're in the length of time that your show has been up. No way. Have I haven't of, checked them in a couple of days. You, I should check yeah, them. I don't remember how many I had. Like, because how old is your show now? A couple of months, right? Yeah, we're just about a month. Yeah, because we oh, launched it. I say we. Me launched on the 18th. Yeah, That's of September. Right. That's right. It hasn't even. Oh, my gosh. Okay. Yeah. I think that you have more reviews than I had in my first month. I mean, not that I'm competitive. We can say it because we're both in fitness. Yeah. So we can be super competitive right. about really dorky things. So. So I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm super excited about what you're doing with the show and that you um, have a lot of traction so far. So congratulations. Yes. Thank you so much. Well, I owe much of it to you and I'm looking forward to continuing to follow and continuing to work with you, Sarah. Oh, thank you, Maria. Thank you so much for spending time with Maria and me in the Shameless Mom Academy today. I hope this episode was helpful to you. And if you know a mom who needs some inspiration to go take scary steps in her life, please do share this episode out to inspire another mama to do great things. You can share this episode by just taking a screenshot of it and sharing it to social media, or you can go to our website at shamelessmom.com and click on episode 174 to get a direct link to the episode as well. So thank you for sharing the show. Remember, every time you share the show, you make one mama a little more 
more shameless. <laughs> I appreciate you being here. I know Maria appreciates you being here. And we really do hope that you learned something tremendously valuable today. We know that your time is valuable and you are busy. So I don't take it lightly that you choose to spend time here with me. I can't wait to be back here in a couple more days for our next episode. If this is your first time listening, know that we do release new episodes every Monday and Wednesday. And you can subscribe by going to shamelessmom.com forward slash review, which will drop you into Apple Podcasts where you can hit the subscribe button and you will automatically get every episode as soon as it is released. No waiting for the next episode, no missing an episode. You get them all right as they come out. So again, go to shamelessmom.com forward slash review to get access to all of our episodes as soon as they are released by hitting that little subscribe button. Of course, while you're there, you can also write a review for the show, which is like my favorite thing to do is to go read my reviews. So thank you to everyone who leaves reviews. And we do read reviews from time to time on the show. So you might be given a little shout out if you leave a review for me. You never know. I hope that you have a fantastic day. I can't wait to be here again with you on Monday to listen and learn and love a little together. And until then, no matter what you do today, make sure you do it shamelessly. Well, hey there, busy mama. Are you looking for ways to make your life easier, your home less chaotic, and at the same time, add more joy to your life? My name is Deanna Yates, and I'm the host of Wanna Be Clutter Free, a podcast all about letting go of the stuff we don't need in our lives so that we can focus on what truly matters. Don't worry, I'm not going to tell you to throw it all away or make you feel guilty about keeping something you love, no matter how many other people don't quite understand it but I will give you practical and more importantly, actionable advice so that you can make progress right away. And you won't just hear it from me. There are amazing guests too. It's like having your bestie in your pocket, telling you it's okay to let go of the things that are not serving you and your family in a totally non-judgmental way. So join me over on the podcast where we can work on progress over perfection for those of us that want to be clutter-free.